Uh, hi, everybody. This is Nick. I'm here for Normally Cat's Cradle. Today we're doing kind of a catless cradle, me and Kathleen. Say hi. Yep. It's me. Also, it is Kathleen and Nick, and we are doing, if it was Cat's Cradle before, maybe it's more of a communal child-rearing thing? Yeah, maybe. Um, we had sort of an in-between session here. Unfortunately, both Cat and Kirsten could not make it today. Cat is sick. It's her turn on the sick wheel, unfortunately. Um, and Kirsten is having computer problems, so her computer is sick. Uh, it's a very unfortunate day for a lot of us. So Kathleen and I were just like, well, hey, we got some stuff to still say about RPGs and, and all that. So that'll be, it'll be something fun that we can talk about. Yeah, we are in endless font of uh, blathering on about things, I think, between the four of us. And the two of us can more than provide. Yeah, so this may be a little short one today, but we've got some good stuff. Uh, we wanted to talk actually about a couple of quick topics. I suppose these would be very lengthy topics if you really wanted to get into them, but something for maybe some some first timers out there. If you all are listening to this, you know, looking to get into RPGs, and we're looking, you know, thinking, oh, hey, what about actual play kinds of podcasts, that kind of stuff. Um, one of the things we just wanted to sort of talk about today was. Basically setting up some group dynamics and sort of how to go in between sessions and, and that sort of thing to take a little take a little heat off the GM for once, seeing as our GM isn't here, so we're going to try and take a little heat off for her. <laughs> yeah, and so like I think about this podcast a lot because I've been uh, essentially producing, editing, writing music for it and stuff, and um, I, like I said, I don't play as many RPGs as... Nick does, I think, but like, I've always been interested to know some of your approaches to these things, and I've got my own opinions, and uh, like you said, Nick, I know that we've got a couple of people who are pretty new to RPGs, or like tabletop games, anyway, listening to this show, so I thought it would be fun to do. I'm actually very curious to hear some of your stuff, because I, I've been, so I've been playing games, obviously, and I know I've mentioned this before, for a long time, at least, at least 20 years, so it's been a while for me. So a lot of this kind of stuff I've dealt with, bef you know, for a while. But, um, you know, a big thing, obviously, is, you know, before setting up that sort of thing, um, getting sort of like the group chatter going of like what kind of game people want to run. Because you can run a ton of different kinds of games in pretty much any system, assuming it's not something like completely antithetical to the system. Like, you know, maybe running a extremely high intrigue, low combat game in D and D. Eh. Eh, there are, there are the skills, but it feels like you're leaving half your character on the vine when you do that. Yeah. That's like one of those things where you'd think, well, you know, what if we looked into a more, um, I should say rather a less crunchy game, you know, maybe something like uh fiasco, some sort of like more of narrative storytelling, whereas, right, yeah. you know, the other way around, obviously, if you're going to be playing, you know, something like Fiasco and you want to have, like, big, chunky battles, and mm -mm. Not really going to happen, no. So, like, that's something, though, to take into account, you know, when everybody's just like, hey, a game would be great, even, you know, something where, you know, like, you know, I really like this, the setting, and I really like the game that we're running here with Kat, um... But, you know, we did, you know, she did come to us and we all talked about it 
uh, beforehand and went, you know, hey, what kind of what kind of a game should we should we really run here? Now, Kat's doing a little bit of the heavy lifting on this side of things because obviously this is her flagship thing that she's putting together. But yeah, she developed the whole setting. She is the designer of the game. And so she's got a very good sense of how Amilta works and how it's all laid out. I don't know. You can tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think that um, we have sort of set up the show to very much showcase the game and kind of like the setting in a very real way. Yeah, and it has been a lot of fun uh, doing that and getting the world and everything set up. But a big part of it was also like all of us sat down and said, you know, here are the characters that we're making. You know, we didn't just kind of all... I guess, like, fall together into something. We said, you know, hey, who are you playing? What are you doing? You know, as as you heard back in our very original episode one where we went over CareGen and that kind of stuff, you know, as a group, we went through all that stuff, you know, ourselves uh, as well and sort of got into, you know, sort of who would be doing what. T- sort of. Cat was still sort a little... Of. Yeah, like, Cat was a little, you know, disappointed that maybe none of us are very subtle. <laughs> But it's made a lot of fun moments. Um, One thing that we did talk a lot about before we started this campaign was sort of the overall tone of what we were going for. Like, that was a big, big part of the group texts and, like, chats we had beforehand was, like, what are we trying to evoke? Like, are we going to all just be goofing the whole time? And sort of... I think something Nick said about, like, to sort of sum up the tone of a little bit heroic chord and a little bit sort of symphonies is something akin to uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, where it's this post-apocalyptic place that is full of hope and full of people who are doing their own thing and just really living as the world moves on. Yeah, and I that's one of the, the big things that I, I really like about the system, and I was it was a lot of fun to go over that with um, with Kirsten and with with you, Kathleen. Was that like you know how are we going to sort of fit into this and and exploring those bits and pieces? No, I think all you know, and obviously we've all done a little bit of uh, work with Cat that maybe the others haven't heard yet. But you know, a lot of the initial setup was you know, hey, what are we going to do? You know, like what kind of things should we look for? What kind of characters? You know, how are we going to get along? That sort of thing. And that's kind of also where we sort of fell into that everybody was kind of maybe not like as boisterous as Cobb or as like easygoing as Penelope, but everybody was very like, we did want to sit down and say, why, why do these characters actually care about each other? Right. And I think that in, especially in a game about cooperation, we wanted to be able to develop some sort of camaraderie. Yeah, so you have a lot of that going, and now that we, we've gotten um, set up, though, one of the, the next sort of big thing, and one of the things we wanted to talk about here on this was sort of like what what we're doing kind of in between sessions, um, or like, should you do things in between sessions? Again, sort of a question for our, our younger listeners, and I mean, the sort of like, off the easy off-the-cuff answer is, if you want to. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it it can help, and oftentimes, like, um, I guess I sort of have it listed here as extracurricular communication, but it's it's definitely a fun thing where, especially if there's, like, specific plot beats or something that maybe you want to hit or you think would be fun, or uh, I guess the Cat's Cradles for us kind of fill that in for CareGen, 
mm-hmm. like which so far has been wonderful. I I love Marcus. He's great, and I hope yeah. uh, I really hope that uh, Penelope enjoys the. I guess it's foil that we've got for her. The foil, the maybe the the sauce cake. Yeah, but like that that is a, a big thing where. Um, now I've been I've also been part of groups where folks really like their in between session stuff, um, and that's fine. Like I've never really been that big into the sort of thing. Like I I have gamed with folks who will do little like essentially like not novellas like what's even shorter than that like little scenes or skits that sort of thing like something real quick like little little flash fiction bits little side rps yeah like that kind of stuff real real quick stuff which which can be a lot of fun um you know especially especially for any aspiring authors out there who i'm just going to assume that if you're listening to a podcast about RPGs, there's probably a little bit of the aspiring author in you. <laughs> I know that um, I write a lot of backstory or like give myself little scenarios of like, especially in the beginning as I was trying to dial in Tissa, I wrote a lot of backstory. I wrote a bunch of little scenarios trying to figure out like, who this person is, and especially as we wanted to really develop the show into something that was, like, somewhat light, somewhat fun, occasionally serious and heartfelt. Um, But, like, my original character concept was this super heavy philosophical thing that needed to be refined back a lot. And so writing a bunch of backstory, writing a bunch of scenarios really helped me figure that out. It's a lot of fun when we still get that, but yeah, I think very philosophical, wandering Diogeny style, Tissa might have not really uh, have found as much camaraderie with, with Cobb and, uh, and Penelope as current Tissa, who's much more of sort of that like, I don't want to say thrill seeker, but like curious. She's very curious. Very curious esoteric in the way that she approaches things but like also like pretty warm and interested and i think all of the characters have kind of have really hit a lot of that which again you know going back to what kind of game it is and you know we want the game to be this sort of like warm and curious and um inviting like world and characters and sure there's you know there's sometimes there's like spooky monsters and that kind of stuff but they're not like the driving force of the story. They're these sort of like either the weird parts of the world that, you know, even if everything is, um, you know, if everything seems normal, there's always something there just, you know, just below the surface. If you're, if you're willing to look into it, which is, I, I appreciate them as that sort of na- I guess, naturalistic spookiness, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, they're not so much like a, they don't feel malevolent. Like the setting is, is secretly super, you know, super dark and grim and, oh, it's, it's horrible and terrible, bad things all the time, you know, like, uh, you know, and there's a place for that. A lot of folks like Call of Cthulhu and that sort of cosmic horror sort of thing. And like, there's some nasty stuff in Heroic Accord, but it's not like the game is planning to kill you at any turn. Yeah. I definitely feel that we, at least as a group, and I'm hoping that Kat is doing this, she could be totally sandbagging us as a GM, but that the... (laughs) the horrors and the demons and that kind of stuff there are more there as, 
interesting, interesting reflections and facets of the world and not this sort of like cynical, oh, the world is secretly bad if you, you know, once you get more than skin deep kind of deal. Yeah. I think that the horrors and stuff are very philosophically important to the overall message of the game setting to me. And I've, I've alluded to this on a couple of occasions, but like, I think that things might come pretty seriously to a head at the end of season one when um, the automatons finally get built. Yeah, we are totally, when it's your turn to have the character, I totally am going to make it an automaton. <laughs> if it isn't, know very much that uh, Kat and Kirsten fought very hard for your, uh, in, your, in your place. <laughs> I don't trust him. Okay, I don't want to get too off on a tangent here, but I do love the automatons in the setting. They are very much, again, like one of the big reasons why I got that Breath of the Wilds. They feel like the Guardians, where they were this like... Uh, the Guardians, of course, from Breath of the Wild, going back to that. Um, that they they feel like they were originally, you know, built with good intentions, but maybe that some of that has slipped away over over time. You know, who knows what's really going on with the mind. I really like them. Yeah. Um, but I guess I talked a lot about, I do a lot of drafting for my character. Um, sort of like paring down how I imagine things are going to react. Like occasionally I have story beats that I want to try to hit or like a a good one-liner I want to work in somewhere. Um, how do you prepare for a session? You know, it's like I'm going to be playing with, I don't know, not this group or maybe another group. Um, in a couple of days, are you doing anything to get ready for that? Um, I think my, the thing that I usually like to do, and I actually well, okay. I like to do this, but I don't really do it that often. Is if I have like specific story beats, or if there's uh, a place that I'm that I really want to to take the character, um, I I try and get some you know one on one time with the GM. You know this this is going to be a real you know obvious thing for anybody, but like don't don't feel that like you have to let the rest of the party know at all times what you're doing. Um, it can be a lot of fun if you're like I want to hit a couple of like cool story beats or character moments that I think would be fun. Um, I really do like to just sort of take characters and, and say, this is, you know, sort of what their thought process would be in setting. And then just kind of, you know, see where the world takes them. Absolutely. I think that's really fun seeing where that kind of stuff can take you. But um, certainly every once in a while, I will say, you know, Hey, this is a, something has been going on like in game or in setting. And it's just like, it would be really cool if the sort of like where everything is going with my character came to this head, because I think that would be, you know, that would be dramatic. That would be cool. That would fit in with, you know, a lot of what the other characters have been doing, that sort of thing. I, I try and get like one or two big things, but I mostly just kind of like to see where things go. Like with Cobb, I haven't really talked to Cat about that sort of stuff yet with Cobb. Um, probably closer when we get to his, you know, sort of his lesson. Right. But I, I personally really enjoy sort of seeing where, like, the game takes me. I've always been a big fan of improv and that kind of stuff. So, like, and I'm uh-huh. bad at planning. I have to work <laughs> really hard at it. And, like, games uh-huh. aren't 
games don't work for me, so I don't. Right. I try not to do that much. But somebody who is much better at planning, or at the very least, has fooled me into thinking she is, Kathleen. <laughs> what's what's your? I mean, do you have a pre-session ritual? Do you like to just see where the wind takes you, like me? What's what's your uh, what's your in-between session? So my in-between session is. I try to, when I'm playing, be able to get into a character's headspace as much as I have, but I do like to be able to whittle down what that uh, headspace is. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, I've written a bunch of background stuff that I don't intend to ever necessarily put on the show, unless it's appropriate. Maybe we'll get it up on Twitter or something. Yeah, maybe. Hmm bonus episodes or something i don't know bonus um, episodes or i don't know so maybe somewhere on the website of like uh extracurricular reading i don't know who knows but of maybe it'll show up there sometime dear listeners a lot of it's kind of drafting for me more than for anybody else so i can know what i want to do i definitely have a character arc sort of not Not set in stone, but, like, general ideas of where I want Tissa to go. Mm -hmm. And sort of, like, I spent a lot of time figuring out, like, what her values were. And her values kind of are a lot like mine, I have to admit, kind of sheepishly. Well, it's always going to happen. Don't worry about it. Yeah. uh, There are a few speech patterns that, like, I've noticed myself doing when I was role-playing. And then, like, it was like, okay, I should codify that. Like... On the barrel green, Tissa was concerned about what the boat felt, and on the island was considered about what the island felt, but doesn't feel comfortable ascribing that sort of motivation to people, for instance. And that's not something I have to state out loud, but it's something that's fun to me to work into her speech patterns. Oh, okay. That's, that's actually kind of interesting. I have not picked up on that. So that is cool to uh, to hear that. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go back and pay more attention to our <laughs> previous episodes to see if I can. And I'm not I'm not a perfect role player, like, but that's sort of like an ideal I can aspire to, and that can help shape the way that I take a, sh- a scene. I mean, that's also again like you know, listeners don't don't think that you have to like nail it every time. Even just saying like this is a direction that I want to take a character and. Like if it helps you come up with like how they'll react and where they'll go, then you know it'll come out. Uh, it'll come out in due time. You know, even if some of your friends at the table are kind of ill observant, but <laughs> it's neither here nor there, except for the fact that it's totally here and there. But <laughs> both those things. It's totally both of those things. But um, before I throw myself under the bus too much more, one thing though that we also wanted to talk about this time. Um, about preparing is that while, you know, preparing for the game is, is very interesting and there's all sorts of stuff that you can do. We have a other form of preparation that we have to do, and that's for our podcasting, which there is a little overlap, believe it or not. As I mentioned earlier, you know, one thing about prepping stuff is that, you know, getting that work, that workflow and that workspace and just sort of getting in the headspace of, of doing this sort of thing. I think that it's really important 
whether you are doing a creative project like a podcast or whether you're just like playing a tabletop RPG with your friends, having a either specific place to do it or a specific time, some sort of like thing that you can do to designate that like, okay, there's all sorts of other stuff going in my life, but right now it's this time to collaborate with other people. Because ultimately that's what you're doing is you are doing a big group project and it's a fun group project, but uh, you still have sort of responsibilities to everyone else in your group to be present, to uh, be doing what you can to make things work with each other and to be having fun. Now, for any of our, our listeners out there who might be, you know, after college or working for full time, any sort of that kind of stuff, like, you know, out of school, um, who have much more regimented lives, like, you know, we unfortunately do these days. Um, the idea of coming up with a time and space, that sort of thing, it's kind of just a, you know, yeah, we have to. But it, it is something to think about, even for folks who might, you know, be in high school or, you know, in, in early college before you get completely hammered by high level courses or that kind of stuff to just, you know, try and think of like, you know, getting into that sort of space. It'll help a lot. And a big thing, especially if we go to the pod, if we're you know going to talk about more of the podcasting side of things, um, like it's also important to have like, not only a space where you can go and do this, but a space that is specifically like set aside or designed for this sort of thing. Like you don't, um, you know, maybe when I was in high school, I could do like tabletop, well, tabletop, quote unquote, like in like a, a bus or something like that. But it'll help a lot and it'll definitely get people a lot more focused as well if you can go to a place yeah, if you can go to your friend's house or you can all meet at a bar that you like if you're playing, depending on what sort of game you're playing. Or um, if you're playing over like Skype or Roll20 or something, being like, okay, it's game time and so I am going to close off my unnecessary browsers and have a nice quiet space to hang out with my friends in. And this is... Obviously double for actually, if you do want to do a podcast of coming up with a place where, you know, the sound isn't going to be too crazy. You're not going to be, you know, there's stuff not going to be rattling around outside all the time. Cat, for example, often goes to the library. At her local library, they've got a cool little maker space set up that's essentially it's a sound treated room. It's got some decent microphones in it and a computer and a mixer, and she can just have a very nice recording space all to herself. That's also one of those big things that, if you are out there looking to do something like this, the sort of unfortunate reality of any sort of audio production is that there's kind of a quality-slash-budget floor that if you go below is going to just be awful. Um, but again, like getting, you know, going to your, your local public library, getting into that sort of thing, you like, there are ways to work around that. But if you are going to do it, you know, out of your own home, obviously you're pretty much looking at, you're going to want like a nice microphone, you know, maybe you don't need to splurge and buy something super crazy, high end condenser mic, anything like that. But you're probably going to be looking at like a hundred bucks or so for a microphone as sort of like a floor, unless you go like headset or something 
like some other integrated thing. And you'll probably want a pop filter too. If you are recording with a condenser microphone, you are required by law to have a pop filter. Yeah. If you don't, trust me, no one is going to want to listen to you. We've been talking sort of about like preparing your room and getting into a physical space that's nice, having a microphone or whatever, if you are going to be recording something. But I think that whether you are just playing or whether you are recording a podcast uh, type thing is have your schedule and adhere to it. So there will be scheduling conflicts. Uh, There will be people who get sick or have their grandma come in from out of town or have like a satyr fall out of their closet and they need to go on a mad adventure through Christian allegories. That does happen. That does happen. And one can't really prepare for any of those things. But I think that it's important to maintain your sort of like, uh, I can't think of a better word than esprit du corps uh, than that, but there's probably a better one that's not in French. No, just just go with the French. I'm sure our listeners out there are bilingual. I mean, I'm not, but that's because I'm not our <laughs> listeners. But kind of maintaining that group cohesion, even, just because one person's out doesn't mean you can't do something. So uh, if you want to maintain your weekly actual play podcast schedule, maybe uh, when someone's out, you record talking about meta stuff like this. Or uh, if one person can't make it to the session, maybe you do some of those small scenes. Or maybe you just hang out and play another game. Yeah, I, it's definitely good to try and like keep something going because I like myself personally. I am really bad about if my like if my routines get disrupted, it it is very hard for me to get back on track. And so doing that sort of thing, having basically having a bat, maybe it's, you know maybe it's a backup game, maybe it's you know oh well, we can this we can say that this person was sleeping during the session or something like that, or you know maybe it's just hey a couple of us are here want to you know play video games or watch a movie or just just something like something to keep that time and that space like a thing that you're doing because it will slip away if you like if you miss enough because then people start to lose that sort of like that meaning of what this time and this day and this place means and it can be very hard to get that back it can be very hard to get that like once things start slipping and especially if there is an expectation of things slipping yeah. That kills your momentum so fast. So find something to do. Yeah, even even if that's something again, if it's even if it's not super perfect or if it's something that you're just kind of like, you know, I we've only got the energy for this today. And you know what, as long as you're out there and you're doing something and you're keeping that sort of like that time alive, then you know, you can hang on to it. And that's very important these days. Like, well... Yeah, no, it's just very important. It's just very important. I was going to say it's very important. When I say these days, I meant for myself personally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just in general for people. And certainly once you get, you know, once you get a little older and you're, you know, you're not in school or anything anymore. And, you know, people start to have families or people have families or people, you know, just have work or other things that they have to do. You know, like... There is always something that can fill time that people want to do and, you know, and will put in that place if something starts slipping. 
So yeah, like when it's gone, it's going to be real hard to get it back. I mean, I'm just very excited to record every week. Um, partially because y'all are my friends and <laughs> it's not, it's not a decade yet that we've known each other, but it feels like nigh on. Um, yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it has been. Cause it was 2009. It was too. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, and so it's like, like I'm really excited to hang out with my friends, but, um, I think that it's important to have a group dynamic where it's like, this is a place where I get to go and do this thing. And I don't get to do that anywhere else in quite the same way. And I think that that's a really powerful thing about, uh, either playing a tabletop RPG or an MMO or a creative project or whatever have you, having a thing that you do with people you don't get to otherwise see is great. It's great and it's worth fighting for. It very much is. And I guess on that note, well, I should say it's not a note anymore because I'm out of notes. Well, how about you? I think that that's a good little discussion about what we do and why we've been doing it. It's It may be a little rambly, dear listeners, but... um. On the topic of scheduling problems, as we said, we kind of had a couple of folks uh, vanish on us today. So um, we wanted to get something out there for you. You know, as as we went over, it's important to keep that space alive, and so we're doing our best to keep our space alive for you. And I hope uh, I hope you can you can do the same out there. Um, oh shoot! I give me a second here. I do not know all of the outro stuff that Cat does. I'm so I'm so obsessed with ruining it that I've never bothered to learn it correctly. <laughs> oh, the shoe is on the other foot now. I know. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. So, um, yeah, that's approximately the end of the episode. You can check us out at peachgardengames.com or at peachgardenrpgs on Twitter. Please use the email contact form on peachgardengames.com or just send us pictures of things on Twitter. Like and subscribe to the podcast. We, I, I hate that the world runs on this kind of intention economy, but it does. And that'll help us out. Yeah. It's not great, but we forgive you listeners for following in its footsteps. If you'll forgive us for, for also following in its footsteps, but... I think at this point we're all, we're good friends. I think we're all, we all know what's going on. We all know what's going on. We know which way the wind's blowing. And maybe this will all be edited out. But unfortunately, I am a little sad that Kat wasn't here to watch me flub the ending harder than I ever had, not on purpose. Well, she will get to listen to it someday and cackle her... Well, I was going to say little, but then she would object to me calling her little because she's in fact taller than any of us. Laugh her head off. So hopefully we didn't, uh, we didn't bore you too much this week, listeners. Well, don't put it like that. So say thanks for sticking around for an unusual episode. We had fun chatting. We hope you had fun listening. And we hope it inspires you a little bit in your own creative projects or tabletop games. Yeah, you know what? Like, yeah, let's go out on let's go out on a good note. Thanks again, everybody, for uh, for listening to us. We hope that we can this th- this was interesting for you and that you got something out of it. And uh, we'll see you next week, where hopefully the rest of us will be back and we'll continue. Well, we'll continue on game time. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. 
Thanks for listening. I'm running out of energy. Please stop podcast. Podcast.